This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. So, let me get be, be grown up and professional. I would like to introduce Rohit, who is from RMIT. And I think we're all just here because he's talking about chocolate, aren't we? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Uh, thank you, everyone, for coming uh, to this talk. Uh, my name is Rohit Ashokkot. I just finished my PhD, and I currently work as a deputy director in the Exertion Games Lab. So our lab particularly works at the intersection of body, technology, and play, where we try to create meaningful and playful solutions for the active body through the use of technology. So today I'm going to present you one such uh, innovative solution. So I will take you through a journey from sweat to sweet, and bear with me, it can get really tempting. <laughs> so, uh, a common perception about exercise and chocolate is that they often do not gel together. Like, if, uh, if you're exercising really hard to lose weight, then you shouldn't be engaging yourself towards some sweet temptations like chocolate. So, exercise and chocolate seems to be like a strict no-no, but I'm here to change your perception that if we design a proper UX, and build a system that can provide you a rich, fulfilling experience, then exercise and chocolate can be in harmony. So uh, in today's talk, I will speak about my system. So let me start with an exercise. So now living an active lifestyle is a dream and a passion for many of us. We love to be in a good shape. We want to create a good image. So we train hard. We go to gym. We swim. We run. And we try to remain as much active as possible throughout the day. Thankfully, today we also have devices like pedometers, heart rate monitors, smartwatches, and various other health-related apps that you can find on your iPhone or iPad that tracks how well or how good or how bad we have done in our exercise. Now, these devices represent a cultural trend towards self-monitoring where the individual seeks self-knowledge through numbers. So in return of tracking this data, what we see on screen is various informations presented either in numbers or graphs that tells us more about ourselves and the kinds of activities we do. For example, on the screen you see a Fitbit Charge HR dashboard, which tells me about how many steps I have taken yesterday, uh, what was my average heartbeat was, how many calories I have burned. And I can also historically check my values over how my last week has went, and certain fitness trackers can also let you compete with other friends. Now, uh, this data-centric approach of representing data on screen in the form of numbers and graphs is somewhat limiting to the much richer multi-sensory experience of being physically active. The numbers and graphs may make sense for a person who is really training hard and wants every minute details about his body, but would it have the same level of value for an average casual jogger who is just jogging for fun and enjoyment? And could that values of numbers last long? And can we do something much better than that? So what I believe is what we are really looking after is some form of physical uh, positive encouragement at the end of the day. We, uh, we like someone to tell us that we are doing good, and we should persist ourselves in whatever things that we are doing, which in this case could be a physical activity. Now, this encouragement can come from a variety of sources. For some, the data in itself could be a good motivator because uh, I will, from the data, I would come to know that, okay, I have uh, achieved the uh, 10,000 steps or I have 
uh, competed and I have achieved certain things that I really wanted. But the encouragement does not just come from data. There are other ways in which encouragement can come. For example, the social peers, your friends, your family, the uh, people you meet at the gym, they can also cheer you up. They can pat on your back and tell that, okay, you're doing good and keep it up. But can the encouragement come in the form of a food, and a food that most of you really love? So imagine a situation, you come home after a heavy workout, and you see a 3D printer printing various delicious looking chocolates. Now these are not just any chocolates, but these are the chocolates that represents you and your activities. For example, the chocolate could take a shape of a graph, which tells you your average heart rate values throughout the day. It could be an emoji which smiles if you have achieved your activity goal, but it also becomes sad if you haven't. It could also be a slogan, which, uh, which is a printed written message, which tells and encourage you in a positive way towards exercise. Or it could also be flowers and any other aesthetically pleasing manner, which tells you about your data. And the best thing is, these are the things that you cannot just see and know. You can also eat them and feel rewarded. So drawing inspiration from this idea, we built a system called Edipulse. Edipulse stands for Edible Pulse, and Pulse is a heart rate. So uh, what our system does is it translates heart rate data of a physical activity into different forms, which you have just seen before. Uh, one thing I wanted to stress over here is, and which really captured press attention, was that are we uh, uh, building our system like a calorie in and calorie out? So here you have invested 1,000 calories, and here is 1,000 calories of chocolate in return. So this is not the system. Our system uh, is not tailored in a way that the amount of exercise you do is directly mapped to the amount of chocolate you get. The chocolate remains same, irrespective of the activity that you do, but rather the use of chocolate is used as a positive reinforcement because the numbers and data are currently failing to motivate people, so why not use certain materials like chocolate, which people love, and use those materials to actually try to encourage and cheer people. Let me give this with, uh, let me clarify this with an example. So let us compare a sedentary day versus an active day. So on a sedentary day, an active day, on both days, you will get the same amount of chocolate, but the kind of representations you have of those chocolates are different. So on a sedentary day, when you haven't done much of exercise, the kind of message you will get would be to motivate you, take your first step towards exercise. It's not punishing you in certain manner, but trying to motivate you and cheer you okay, never mind, today because of certain reasons you couldn't, but maybe next day you could do. But the smiley becomes sad, so you, it might tempt you to say that, okay, the smiley is sad, so maybe I should do something. Uh, but on an active day, when you have done your physical activity goal and achieved your targets, then the message would be more congratulating and gratifying. The smiley becomes a big smiley, and even the graphs and flowers would bear more dynamic shapes. So, uh, after building the systems, we also did a field study uh, where we installed our systems across seven different families in Melbourne and asked them to use the system every day and track their data and then print their uh, rewards at the end of the day, and we did it for two weeks. So what we asked the participants to do, we asked them every morning to set up a goal and work towards it, and at the end of the day, uh, they will 3D print uh, these chocolate treats themselves, and then uh, at the end of the study, we conducted uh, semi-structural interviews, trying to know what their reactions to this new form of representations are like. Uh, 
So rather than me speaking about it, uh, let us hear what one family has to say. And you carry around an iPod, which measures your heart rate with an app. And in the evening, you would just send the data. The browser itself is kind of random, so it tries to play with you. You have to guess. It's a graph with peaks and low peaks, positive messages if you're, if you're done well. Most significant symbol is the smiley. I mean, you're winning a prize, not just for your health, but you're also winning a prize in chocolate. That is pretty cool. So what you do is then you set up the printer, start melting the chocolate, upload the file and start printing. It was a childish feeling for me. I, I felt really like I was excited because you don't know what message will appear, but you're just looking forward to it. It's unbelievable that you actually can eat it, right? Like it's printing chocolate and it's doing this shape, smiley face, a flower, telling you exactly how much exercise you perform. Really cool. Now I take it more seriously to really take, do exercise in the evening because I know I'm, I'm recorded. If I'm not doing enough exercise, I will get a, bad, a sad smiley and I would like to avoid that. You know exactly how much exercises you are doing in your daily base, not just as going to the gym, also in your daily routine. If you're sitting eight hours per day, it's not enough this one hour in the evening. So knowing that just pushes me and motivates me more, um, seeing the reality of my daily activity. I think we use it more in a competitive way <laughs> to see who did more exercise and uh, who didn't. More in a fun way to push each other. To be honest, before I started this, I was a bit skeptical about, you know, doing exercise and getting chocolate. It's kind of counterproductive, but in the end it's like, I see now the benefits, it's fun. And a little bit of chocolate never, never hurt anyone. So Gavin and Daisy were not the only family who really liked the system. Uh, nearly every family had a really positive response to our system, and they took this uh, study as a challenge to improve their lifestyles. So I uh, go through some of the key findings from the study. So what uh, particular? So I speak in terms of findings like what chocolate actually brings to exercise, what normal data that you see on a screen can't. So first of all, chocolate brings a lot of positivity to the exercise. Uh, because chocolate offers you a much rich multisensory experience of engaging with your own data. Like numbers you can only read, but here is a chocolate that you, which smells good, which you test, which melts in your mouth, and it also gives you information about your data. Participants particularly also appreciated the fact that we, our system does not punish them when they don't do any exercise. They still get some rewards at the end of the day, but... Uh, Interestingly, uh, many participants particularly refrained from eating chocolate on the day when they got a sad smiley and tried to motivate themselves towards achieving a smiling emoji. So in terms of stats, nearly 76% of uh, users could able to achieve and exceed their physical activity goal during the study. And most of them said like uh, this study was kind of an eye opener for them and they would like to stick to a routine from there onwards. Uh, interestingly, uh, most female participants from the study had a sweet tooth for chocolate, but the fact that they are getting a small piece of chocolate at the end of the day, in a certain sense, reduced their craving to, uh, during the day. So during the study, uh, the female participant mentioned to me that uh, since they knew that uh, the chocolate there will be mapped to their activities and is the chocolate they would deserve, so they reduce the, uh, they refrain themselves from eating chocolate during the day, which we thought was quite a pleasant surprise that we didn't anticipate it. 
And uh, since there were more than one person uh, from the same family participating in the study, it's also created a, a kind of a bonding over the data. So normally, when you engage with your own physical activity data, it's usually like, it's my data, and I look at my screen and just get all the values. But since it was in the face of chocolate and printing it your home, it's not only engaged yourselves, but also the bystanders. And they uh, keenly took interest in how your data would turn out. In situations where one person was lagging and getting uh, behind from his uh, health or activity-related targets, then the other person tried to motivate the other person. It's also uh, contributed to unhealthy competitions where participants were motivated to who will get a bigger smiley uh, today. So uh, what this all mean? Does it mean that chocolate is a cure for everything? Uh, if you add chocolate, people will suddenly become uh, active and fitter. No, uh, chocolate is just one piece that we try to explore, but it is more in terms of the complete experience that the system uh, facilitates towards encouraging and making uh, exercise more playful. So here I give you some key takeaways if you're trying to enforce any food-related uh, technology into your own uh, design strategy. So very first takeaways, uh, the visual appeal of the representations is very key. Participant likes chocolate, which tastes good, smells good, and also look good. So uh, currently, chocolate printers, uh, there are still technical challenges on printing properly. But when the chocolate didn't get printed properly, people did an another round of print because they wanted their own deserving chocolate, which also looks good. So pay attention to the visual appeal. Try to look at. Uh, uh, representations of chocolate that will look good and put a smile on your face. Second thing is uh, be very clear and direct and simple in terms of what you're going to communicate with chocolate. Because you could uh, be tempted of uh, putting too much of data and put uh, representing them in this form. But rather than that, what we observed from the study was that the participant had more affection towards simple objects like emoji or slogans, which tells you uh, in a very abstract manner, how well you have done in an exercise in comparison to graph, which requires some form of interpretation. Then personalization is also key. So uh, here we started with the chocolate, but the uh, interest over here is that trying to look into the materials that people particularly like. Some people may not like chocolate, may like wanted some different kinds of food. So maybe look into more diverse kinds of food and try to uh, enforce more contextualized data when you're trying to create those representations. Fourth is, uh, one thing that what we did was we also orchestrate the way in which the chocolates gets printed. So if I have to print my name, R-O-H-I-T, then rather than printing it as R-O-H-I-T, I try to print it in an ad hoc manner. So it always gives a some form of, a, it created a some form of a guessing uh, in order to know what would be the today's message. So here in this case, it starts with T, then it adds a letter E, then it's add A, then you suddenly think it has something related to eat, then it starts adding W, then it starts adding S. So it's suddenly the letter becomes something, uh, suddenly the word becomes something else. So participant particularly liked it, uh, this aspect a lot. So you can try to enforce some form of guessing, try to create, rather than creating the same form of uh, representations every day, try to be novel and uh, novel in that regard. 
And finally, uh, try to make uh, engaging with your own physical activity and uh, engaging with your data more playful. So one of the, I show here a snapshot from one of the family. So in this family, Helena, uh, she was quite a lot active than Adam. So we try to motivate Adam by saying that, look, Helena is getting all the smileys. But what Adam does is, uh, what Adam did is like he wrote on top of Helena's message as is, but Adam is getting all the chocolates. So try to make uh, this experience more social and engaging and playful. And finally, I would like to close this talk by talking in terms of the future for quantified self and food printing. Food printing is still relatively new. It hasn't reached a wide-scale consumer market as yet, which 3D printers have. There are still various technical challenges in terms of printing a variety of food and making this process much simpler and easier. But we see a vision in terms of, in a very near future, food printers could be in our kitchen trying to uh, uh, print different artifacts, uh, trying to print different uh, varieties of foods that we want to eat. But rather than printing things that just looks beautiful, why not engage ourselves in printing things that we don't know, like our heart rate, and try to create things that are not visible in the real world. So I'll end my talk over here. Uh, and uh, if anybody wants to eat chocolate and have wanted to have a look at food printers, we are at the corner of Victoria and Swanston. Come and pay a visit. Thank you. That was really good. Um, we actually have a couple of minutes for questions if anybody has one, and then we'll head out to lunch. Yes, Ruth. That was really yummy. I'm really, really hungry. Um, thank you for a good talk. Um, yeah. After the study was finished, did people continue the exercise? Yes. Okay, so was that, well, what's the percentage? Was, that, was, that most, was most people, uh, was that behavior change? Uh, what we do is, we, do, we did a qualitative study, an ethnographical study. So our idea was not in terms of uh, trying to get as much people as and change their behaviors. A lot of people had wanted to be physically active but couldn't able to keep themselves motivated. But that study gives them a, a, a hope that, that maybe this could be a way in which I can keep myself engaged. Terrific. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.